I love the diversity of the stories that come out when we get to hear folks who are baptized. Ever notice how different all these stories are? You have people who grew up in the church, people who grew up far from God, people who went through deep trauma, people who have never really experienced trauma yet because they're only 12 years old, and everyone in between. It's like all these stories have totally different beginnings, and yet they all have the same middle. And they all come to a place where they meet Jesus, hear the gospel, and are transformed by that very important message. I was thinking this week, how many things in this world are like the gospel? The church answer is not many. But as I started thinking, thinking through that, so how many things in this world can you come into with a diversity of backgrounds and issues and problems and have just one solution? You think of a hospital. People come in with diverse problems and backgrounds and issues and ailments and pains, and there's a diverse treatment plans and solutions and medicines. And, and yet with our faith, we come to God with anything, anything. We come out of prison or we come out of the nursery, right? Or we come out of hardship or we come out of great times or we come out of anything. And the answer is the same. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it would be really cool if you could develop a hospital where no matter what you came in, the treatment was the same and it always worked. So you got a broken leg? Take this. Oh, you have cancer? Take this. You're missing a limb? Take this. Right? Anything. The same solution for every problem. But that's the beauty of the gospel is the message of the life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus is the solution for every walk of life we find ourselves in. Every ailment our soul feels, every problem we've developed in our lives or everything that's gone against us, we find answers to all of that in the cross, in the gospel of Jesus. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God. It's the power of God for the salvation of anyone who believes it. Anyone. For the Jew, the Gentile. Because in the gospel, a righteousness that is from God has been revealed. A righteousness that's by faith from first to last. That the gospel is the power of God to transform any life, regardless of the person or the background or the situation or which beautiful country on God's green earth they come from, the gospel is the solution. There's nothing in the world like that. There's nothing in the world that you can seek out after and find life in. Yet we find life, we find power, we find salvation in the gospel of Jesus Christ. About 20 years ago, I was sitting in a room over there. I was a junior in high school, and I heard the message of the gospel, not for the first time, but for the first time it made sense. You know, I had heard the gospel several times before, and it kind of just bounced off of me, like, oh yeah, it makes sense, bounce, bounce, bounce. But then that one night, October 1st, 1997, I'm sitting in the youth room, and I hear the message of the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, and for some reason on that night, it just felt different. It's like something got deep into my heart on that night, and and I realized that this is for me. I'm a sinner. I'm far from God. I need this message. That I need this Jesus. And I responded on that night. I responded in faith. I raised my hand. I prayed, God, forgive me of my sins. I trust that Jesus died for my sins. I trust that his resurrection gives me life. Please give me that new life, God. I need it. And in that moment, hearing that one message that all these people have heard, that you've heard if you've been here for a while, that message transformed me. I didn't know anything about Christianity at that point. I didn't know a lot of theology. 
I didn't know the worship songs. I didn't know the Bible stories. I didn't know anything. And yet, starting on that night, God began a work of transformation in my heart, almost without me even cooperating. I started desiring to read the Bible. I started desiring to go to church. I remember that night looking around and all these people in the youth group that used to seem so weird to me, right? Because they read the Bible for fun and they sang songs to God. All of a sudden, it's like my eyes were new and I looked at them and I thought, these people are amazing. I want to spend time with these people. I want to get to know what they know. I want to learn these stories that they have in their hearts and in their minds and out of their mouths about this God that they know because now I know him too. Something changed in me. And over the next two years, as I started following after Jesus, I noticed that he was slowly transforming me. I got out to, to college at UC Berkeley and decided I needed to plug in to some sort of campus ministry there. And so I jumped into Campus Crusade. And the first night, the leader came up to me and said, Danny, I would love to meet with you and kind of hear where you're at with all this Christianity stuff. And I said, I'd love to do that. And so we sat down for coffee across the street from campus, and, and he asked me some really basic questions. He said, Danny, are you a Christian? I said, yes. He said, do you believe the gospel? I said, yes. He said, how would you explain the gospel to someone who's far from God? And I said... Uh, and I just started talking, and I probably said some true things, in what I, but I had no idea. I knew that I believed it. I knew that I accepted it. I knew that God had transformed me, but I really couldn't crystallize it for people. And so he spent some time with me just kind of walking me through the basics of the gospel I had already believed in. He said, Danny, have you ever seen this illustration before? And he drew a picture on a napkin, right? He said, this is God. He drew like a big G. And he said, man is created to be in relationship with God. But because of sin, because of our choices, because of the fallen world we live in, we find ourselves separated from God. And so on the other side of this, not this big of napkin, he drew a picture of man. He said, man is separated from God because of his sin. But Jesus came to, to bridge the gap between man and God. And so he draws this cross between the two, right? And if you've been a Christian for a while, you've probably seen this napkin illustration before. I'd never seen it before. He draws this big cross that connected the man and God. And he said, Christ's death paid for human sin and reconciled man to God. His resurrection gives life to man so that we can live in relationship with God again. And he puts the picture of man right next to the picture of God. He said, that's the gospel. Like, yeah, that's, I think that's what I believe, right? He said, let me show you another one. He pulled out another napkin. Right, this is the classic Campus Crusade one. He said, I, I want to draw you a throne. He said, before you were a Christian, you were on the throne of your life. And drew a picture of me, a very skinny me, a stick me. Right? He said, all the, all the things in your life were kind of, you were deciding what, how important they were to you. Right? He started naming things, money and relationships and friends. He said, where was God in this whole sphere before he became a Christian. I said, oh, God was way out there, far away. So he drew God real far away. He said, now here's what happened when you became a Christian. You took yourself off the throne of your life and drew a new throne. He said, you put God on the throne of your life. And what you did in that moment was you decided that God was now in charge and you were under his rule. And so now everything in your life goes through the filter of God's rule. You submit to him in all things. That's what it means to be a Christian. You submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He's on the throne of your life. I said, yeah, I couldn't have put it better myself. 
And I remember walking away from that meeting, really being refreshed. Like, yeah, this is what I believe. This is what I put my faith in when I was saved, this death and resurrection of Jesus. But now I have this crystallized understanding of the gospel. And I felt like in that moment, it's like something new was opening up for me again. And over the next few months, God started changing everything in my life. I was applying for business school. He told me, don't apply for business school. Go into ministry. He said, move home. Get connected here at church, right? Get plugged in. Serve in the youth group. And I, everything in my life started changing from that moment. And the crazy thing is, as I look back at those two stories, I realize that the most significant moments in my life were not moments when I did anything, there were moments when God helped me see a deeper understanding of his gospel. I think that's part of the thing that Paul means when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of anyone who believes. There's something powerful about the message of the gospel. Something powerful to save us. And something powerful that as we live in the reality of the gospel, and as we grow deeper in our knowledge of the gospel, that's how transformation continues to happen in our lives. You know, sometimes I think that we believe as Christians that the gospel is the entry point to Christianity. Right? Like these folks up here, they just heard the gospel, they responded, everything's new. We're like, oh, I remember those days. Now I'm in the new kind of Christianity where I just have to work for it. Now I'm checking boxes. Now I'm doing things for God. That was great when all I had to do was believe the gospel and be transformed. But the gospel is not the entry point only. The gospel is all of Christianity. You know, next week we start a study in the book of Galatians. And the whole premise of the book of Galatians is the Apostle Paul coming to this community and he says, you started with the gospel. You started with faith in Jesus Christ and it transformed you. Remember that? And now for some reason you're trying to attain your goal by human effort. Why are you doing that? Why have you switched horses mid-race? Stay with the gospel. Abide in the gospel. Never leave the gospel. It continues to be the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes it. Not just for the moment you believe, but for the rest of your life. Stay in the gospel. Don't go to law don't go to rule keeping. Don't go to traditions. Don't move on to anything. Learn how to live your Christian life always in the gospel. Yeah. Now, for those of us who are far from God, you've never stepped into faith in Jesus, the gospel is your next step. The message that Jesus came to this earth to save you. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the grave on Easter Sunday to give life. Trust in him. Cling to him and he will transform you. That's your next step is to believe in that. Respond in faith to that message. But for the rest of us who believed in Jesus for the first time last year or 50 years ago or somewhere in between, you know, the gospel's our next step too. And sometimes I think we... We forget that the gospel is everything. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, where if you've studied that letter before, you know that church was just filled with problems, deep problems, morality issues, theology issues, deep problems. And in chapter 15, Paul says that, that he wants to share with them something that's more important than anything, the thing that he told them first. He said, let, let, I'll read it to you. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. He says, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of this gospel which you received 
in which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold truth firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. And then he says, here's the most important thing you need to know. To this church that had been following Jesus for a while and was caught in the weeds and caught in sin, he says, here's a first importance. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. And on the third day, he was raised according to the scriptures. Paul says, you've got a lot of problems. You've got a lot of ground to cover. You've got a lot of things to repent of. But here's the most important thing. Jesus died for your sins. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. The remedy Paul brought to this church was the same gospel he started with. This morning, if you've been a Christian for a long time, and you're trying to figure out what it means to grow in faith as a believer who's been following Jesus for a while, what you need to discover is is a renewed understanding of, of that gospel. Does your heart break when you hear the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Are you empowered by the resurrection? Does it, do you realize that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you? When you think of Christ on the cross, does it humble you and transform you even in that moment? Does communion, that communion meal, keep you grounded because you know that you can never depart from this gospel message? I admit, for, for me, for a lot of us, we depart from that message and we move on to bigger and better things. There's nothing bigger, there's nothing better than the gospel of Jesus Christ. What God has called us to do as a community of believers is abide in that message from day one until day infinity of our walk with Jesus Christ. This morning, as we close our service, I want to give us time as individuals to relate with God a little bit. If you are far from God, maybe this is a time for you to respond to that gospel message for the first time. Say, God, I trust that you sent Jesus for me. He died for my sins. He was buried. He rose to new life. I need that new life. God, please forgive my sins. I trust in Jesus. And if you've prayed that prayer a long time ago and you've been trying to figure out what it means to walk with Christ today, Let's spend some time in silence as we prepare to close. Just come before the Lord and ask him to continually transform you by his gospel. Pray that God would give you a refreshed understanding of the gospel today. As we walk through Galatians between now and Easter, as you read through the scriptures, through our reading challenge, all of that, pray that the gospel would take root in your heart and continue to grow and never stop. Let's bow our heads together and let's close in a moment of prayer before we sing. Father, as we take a moment now, we pray that you would show us where we stand with you. Have we truly been transformed by your gospel? Have we lost sight of your gospel in our walk with you? Lord, as we observe this silence together, we pray that you would give us understanding of where we are. And we pray the gospel would minister to us, even in these moments. Lord, I pray for those in this room who are far from you, who know their next step is to trust in you through this message of the gospel. We pray that you would give them the faith to do that. They would ask you for forgiveness of their sin. They would trust that Jesus paid for their sin on the cross. They would ask you for new life, that they would trust that 
his resurrection brings new life. And that you would start a work of transformation in them from this moment on and have it never end. I pray for the the rest of us who do know you already, who maybe are struggling with what does it even mean to abide in the gospel? That this week you would keep in a beautiful sense nagging us with the realization that there's something more to our walk with you. And that that something more is a new discovery of the significance of the gospel for our lives as believers. We pray that through this study in Galatians, that we would be learning that truth over and over again. That as we read through that book, through this reading challenge we started last week, that you would be ministering to us that message of the gospel, that as we connect with you, you would open our eyes to how the gospel might be central in our lives as we continually learn to confess our sins and receive new life and walk in newness of life. Let us walk in the gospel and see us be transformed and the world around us be transformed by your beautiful spirit who works in us through this powerful message. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.